0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of Bad Language. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. I am the podcast producer here at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Your Pittsburgh Steelers are, well, they're one and two. And everybody's gripping. Everybody is getting ready to jump off a ledge. Everybody thinks that this is the end for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the end of Mike Tomlin's 15 seasons as a starting out with, well, not a losing record. Yeah. You know, if he did not have a winning record in those 15 years, he tied. It's pretty much hard. It's hard to do that now these days because there's 17 games. So either you're nine and eight. Or you're eight, eight, and one. And that's not a losing record either, eight, eight, and one. So, you know, that's really what you're looking at right now. That legacy is about to expire. If you ask Mike Tomlin, he will say definitively, We do not care. Well, sometimes I wonder if the organization does care. I'm wondering if they're looking for that. First losing season and making things right and just saying, Hey, we can write one off. You know, did they try to do that in 2019? I almost think they did, and it backfired because Duck Hodges was like, Yeah, you yeah, know, I think I could win some games here. Mason Rudolph was, I know I could win some games here. And they worked on it, and and they did. They won some football games. Now the blame game has started. Who do you blame? For the Pittsburgh Steelers starting off one and two? And now it seems like it's the end of the world because they're one and two. But the biggest problem with one and two is you look at this team and you're thinking that there's no excuses. Really. There's no excuses for them to be playing this poorly. And that's what it is. Well, there is an excuse. And the one excuse is TJ Watt is out. They won a game where T.J. Watt went out late in the game. And they weren't always winning that game. But they ended up beating Cincinnati in week one. The next two weeks, they didn't do the job. The defense has not done the job. But the defense is expecting to get T.J. Watt back. And they've had other guys step up. Now, I will say against Cleveland the other night at the mistake by the lake, or the new mistake, There's always mistakes going on in Ohio. I will just tell you that. So in that game, the defense did not hold up their end of the bargain, but neither did the offense really. They didn't. You know, that was just a bad game all around. But the problem with that game was the fact that it was a very winnable game. That's where the no excuses come in. Here's the no excuses part to it. If you want to blame anybody, you blame a lot of people. But here's the problem. If you want to blame one person solely, and this is something that I don't do very often, but you kind of need to blame Mike Tomlin in this situation. I will preface this with, This is not a fireable offense. It's not time to get rid of Mike Tomlin, but bad. Mike Tomlin, I mean, he only went to the Super Bowl with uh, with Bill Cowher's players in that. Come on, get off of that. You know, Lawrence Timmons and Lamar Woodley weren't Bill Cowher's players. Those, you know, those things change. He went back to the Super Bowl, a very winnable game in that Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers. Those were more of his players. Mike Wallace was one of his players. You know, there were a lot of guys. Ziggy Hood started in that game. There were a lot of guys that were Mike Tomlin's players. You know who kind of let the Steelers down? And my gosh, this is going to be blasphemy, but the guys that let Mike Tomlin down were Bill Cowher's players. In that game, Ben Roethlisberger, terrible performance in that game. Still, they could have won that game. Another terrible performance, you know, Troy Polamalu was not great in that game. Neither was Ike Taylor. And those are some of my favorite Steelers of all time. So get off that. I mean, if you want to keep on doing the old, you know, cowers players, nah. But he squandered the best years of Ben Roethlisberger's life bad. You know, his career. He squandered all of them. You know, they could have done better than that. Well, it wasn't Mike Tomlin's fault that Jesse James caught that ball. Even though Al Riveron says no. You know, a lot of things happen. It wasn't his fault that Ryan Shazier goes down in 17. A lot of things changed that, that, you know, there are excuses, but this year there's no excuses. You know, you can, like I said, you can go to the TJ Watt excuse. That's fine. The problem this year, why there's no excuses is because, and this is going to be the theme of my show today. You got to be willing to change and that's it. You've got to be willing to adapt. I love Mike Tomlin, but here it is, but. And when you throw a but on anything, that means that you're blasting somebody. I get it, but I do love Mike Tomlin, but I am going to say this. There's some excuses that aren't working anymore. And I know Mike's saying that there aren't excuses, but there are. The excuse that we're taking what the what the defense has given us is not an excuse. You take away from the defense of the opposing team. You go ahead and take that game. That's what's done in war. That's what's done in anything in monopoly. You go take from the other player. They have two reds and they need Indiana to go ahead and fill it. And you land on that spot. You hardly have any money, but you take it. So they can't have it. So what you do, I'm partial to the yellows myself. I've won a lot of games with Ventnor and Atlantic, and of course, Marvin Gardens. But if I play now, it's DeMarvin Gardens. Shout out to my man, number 98. Love that guy. Guy's gonna be good. But here it is this season is salvageable, and the reason this season is salvageable. Mike Tomlin can salvage this season by doing a few things. Now it might be against his nature, but come on, you got to do a few things and it's simple. It's this, and it's not. Number one is not putting Kenny Pickett in. This team could actually go to the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky. Is Mitch great? No, no. I actually, I'm excited to see when they finally do make that change. But after a loss like that, and coming out and saying, when I think it was Brooke Pryor asked him the question, you are going to make a change over this mini-buy, this 10 games? And he answers, definitively not. You know, that's stubbornness. And that stubbornness sometimes has got to change. If your great grandpa, you know, would not allow certain things because that's not the way we did it. And that's not the way we do it. We're just going to smile in the face of adversity. No, stop smiling in the face of adversity. Get angry in the face of adversity and say, damn it, things have got to change in the face of adversity. And that's it. But here's the problem. Mike's. Tomlin's stubbornness has paid off over the years. His stubbornness to say, we do not blink actually has worked. Yeah, he's never had a losing season. And some of you think that's a big BS stat. Some of you are rooting for the Steelers to have a losing season just so you can say, I told you so. And to get that stat marked. Off. I know what you're doing. I I know some of you feel that way. It is a great stat, if you ask me, because it's hard. A lot of the greats weren't able to do that kind of stuff. They absolutely were not. Mike Tomlin is a Hall of Fame coach. We fail to see it because we're in the moment. And one of the parts of being that Hall of Fame coach that I think he is is the fact that he does not panic when the team's 0-3. We've seen this team 0-3 and be on the precipice of the playoffs, or even one and three and make the playoffs. And just when you think, ah, that uh that non- losing season streak is going to end. No, it doesn't. So maybe it's a part of his plan. And I think he has a plan for Kenny Pickett all along. And I understand that, but the biggest problem is it's going to end because you don't have the magic he used to have. And part of that magic was Ben Roethlisberger. Now, by By all means, I am not asking for Ben Roethlisberger to come back. That Hall of Fame career is over. And it would just delay the inevitable. Something I said about the Steelers all along. I said this in draft day. I said this in free agency. uh, The Steelers do not need to rebuild. They need to reload. But the problem, when you're reloading, you can't reload with more bows and arrows. You need it. Sometimes you need to have a gun. And the system they're using right now has a lot of stubbornness, too. And it's Matt Canada. Matt Canada will not allow Mitch Trubisky to use an audible 100% of the time. Sometimes it's forbidden. Your quarterback sees things out there and your quarterback needs to be able to make those moves and make those changes. And when you don't allow it to happen, well, you know what's going to happen? You're going to continue this fate. You have such an enormous weapon. in Pat Fryer, and guess what? It worked at the end of that game when you're down nine. Yeah, it worked then. All of a sudden, you're completing passes down the middle because you're trying it to Friar Muth. could be a top five, top ten, uh, top, excuse me, let me say that again, a top five tight end in this league if you throw it to him. He's got to be getting frustrated. He's that damned good. Mix that in. We're showing the charts two weeks in a row, the next gen stat charts that show where those balls are that Mitch Trubisky's throwing. They're not across the middle. Is that Mitch's fault? Or is it because he's handcuffed? I kind of think he's handcuffed. How does this all go back to Mike Tomlin? Man, I hate making Mike Tomlin the scapegoat. The ultimate scapegoat for me, the ultimate problem is Matt Canada and the offense. And two weeks ago, it wasn't that. I was blaming Mitch. Even a week ago, I was blaming Mitch more. I'm seeing more and more. Matt Canada is so stubborn that he's going to say, this is what we're going to do, and nothing's going to change it, including in-game adjustments. Now, did he go and alter things a little bit? He, he let Mitch throw the ball longer down the field a little bit more in the first half but guess what there were no adjustments and they left all that momentum in the locker room and it was actually sad if you ask me it was sad the way they played in this the second half because we saw what that team can do in the first half i'm going to throw blame on the wide receivers they did so much complaining last week and guess what they got their way they tried to do some things but you've got Deontay Johnson, on like the first series of the game, put his hands out. You missed me. You missed me. You know, quarterbacks aren't going to see everything. But the problem is this is not a cohesive unit because they're calling out people right away. I don't know whether this is a millennial thing. I don't know what that is. All I know is that, you know, mutiny should not start after week two. And it started after week two. It was crazy. But all I'm saying is when you make adjustments like they did at the beginning of that game, they didn't continue them, but you could see where things could get better. So this is not a lost season, but the Steelers have got to let themselves find themselves. And it all starts with Mike Tomlin saying, Matt Canada. All right. We've got to open some things up. We've got to change. If you're not comfortable with this, that's fine, but I'm not comfortable with losing. I'm not comfortable with not scoring because you have potential to score. Maybe the formula is going to work. Maybe not blinking. Maybe Mitch Trubisky is going to reel off four or five in a row. And that's a possibility. And the Jets could be right. But mark my words, if you lose to the Jets and you're not willing To make changes, you're just willing to stay the course if you lose to the Jets and go to one three, then you seriously have to question whether you really are trying to win. Now, come on. You know Mike Tomlin's trying to win, but you got to question your philosophy at that, that point. You have to be willing to make adjustments. You know what? Bill Belichick makes adjustments. And he's the most stubborn man on the planet. Chuck Knoll was stubborn. He went from a running team to a passing team in the middle of a dynasty. That's amazing. And he was a stubborn, stubborn man. So stubbornness has worked for Mike Tomlin, but how much longer can it work? That's the question we're asking. And that's what has got to be looked at. So, this is going to be a very telling game against the New York Jets this week. And if we're having a bad post game show and bad language is me complaining, then things are going to get real, real bad around here. And that's going to be a problem. Fans are frustrated, but there's, I know you don't play for the fans, but yeah, you do. But Mike Tomlin can change this. And sometimes, You're just changing things up, man, the dryer sheets and the fabric softener that my wife's using. If it's not working and I'm itchy and the kids have blotches on them, you change it up. But I've used this Brian for years. It's worked and it always works out in the end. No, the kids don't have to be itchy and splotchy. That's all I'm talking about. It's not a hard fix. Have you noticed the offensive line is starting to look better? Yeah, it is. So great. You stayed the course with the offensive line. That shows that some things are going to work, but there's other things that you need to change. There's other things that could make this whole thing better. All right, we're going to go to the second half of the show. So I'm going to ask you to please stick around here on behind the steel curtain your one stop shop for all of your Pittsburgh Steeler needs and i am going to say this we are going to take a look back and make ourselves accountable for the picks that we had here at BTSC and a surprise winner the closest to the picks you are not going to believe it we're going to have that next we're going to check on my bold and bizarre predictions before the game and we're going to look at the preview show and the over, under, and who had the best week among the three of us? That's Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, and me, Brian Anthony Davis. So stick around here to bat language on Behind the Silk Curtain. What is it? Look, man you've ever seen and there i am on the subway train the btsc nation we are back here on bad language my name is brian anthony davis the podcast producer here from behind the make sure you check out btsc for all your pittsburgh Steeler needs i hope you checked out Jeff Hartman and his latest edition of Let's Ride, the Monday morning edition. Also a great Q&A last night with Big Bros Grow and Jeffrey Benedict as well. So, you know, great stuff. So much stuff over the weekend. Go back and check that all out. I will be back today with The Hangover as well. And then tomorrow morning, you're going to have Jeffrey Benedict, The Cutting Room Floor, and The Fix with Jeremy Betts and Andrew Wilbar. Not just your one-stop shop for Pittsburgh Steelers needs. It's your non-stop shop. So let's get into it. I just mentioned a lot of our fine podcasters and our staff here at BTSC. We like to go ahead and show off our knowledge. And that's exactly what we did this week as we do every single week. And we picked these scores. And I do it on my on my uh, Bold and Bizarre predictions. And we also have the over-under segment of the preview. And one thing that we need to always remember is to keep ourselves accountable for what we get wrong and what we get right. And now I will tell you, I will call certain guys out. I do it someone. I'll let you know when I did get one right, like back in 2019, when I got the score of the Colts and the Steelers, absolutely correct. It was a weird like 16 to 14 score or something like that. And I got that absolutely correct. And I got, I mean, I got the winning team as well. And the Steelers were not favored in that game. So, you know, I, I go ahead. I'm not afraid to go ahead and pat myself on the back every once in a while because nobody else wants to. So I figured I'll give it a shot, but I don't try to do it too much. But one thing I do admit Is when I'm wrong. Last week, I was definitely wrong in a big way when I had the Steelers winning 31 to 13, or no, 31 to 19, something like that. So this week, I kind of decided to go with the Browns. And where I was the biggest loser this week, believe it or not, I was the biggest winner, I was the closest to the correct score. So I went from basement to penthouse, penthouse, man. I remember finding my dad's penthouses when I was about nine, great part of my life, but my dad will kill me if he hears that. Uh, So anyways, so let's go ahead and take a look at this. I had 27 to 19 in favor of the Browns. Dave Schofield had 13 to nine in favor of the Browns, but had the Steelers covering. Big Bro Sco was looking at the Browns 21 to 20. We had Shannon White, Browns 20 to 13. Kyle, Kyle Christ from what you talking about. Great job on the postgame show. Kyle and Greg Benevent. 12 to 10 in favor of the Browns. And Tony, 27 to 10 in favor of the Browns. Most of the old guys went with the Browns. One, two, three, four, five, six for the Browns. We had five in favor of the Steelers. Our oldest guy, one of our oldest guys here, KT Smith, took the Steelers 20-17. to 17. And then our younger guys, Jeff, 23-17 Steelers. We had Jeremy Betts, 23-20 Steelers. Bradley Locker, 23-21 Steelers. So we had, once again, we had six to five. And the Browns did win the game. You know, I hate when I'm right when I pick the other team and we hear, well, you must not like the Steelers bad in that. If, if you're, if you're picking against them, that means you're not a true fan. Come on. This is kind of reality. We, we kind of, you guys say afterwards, I knew they were going to lose, but you want to pick them beforehand before they win. Now I'll give Jeff Hartman credit. He usually picks the Steelers almost every week. It's going to be extreme for him not to do it. So I'll give him that credit for that. But I'm going to take the win on this one. I am definitely going to go ahead and say it loud and say it proud that I actually won this one. Um, the guy the farthest away from the correct score would be, I guess it would be not Jeffrey Benedict. I was going to say Jeffrey Benedict had 24 to 13 Steelers. So yeah, I guess we would have to say Jeffrey because the Browns at 29, the Steelers were close there. So we'll go ahead and uh, pin the L on Jeffrey this week, but he knows his, he definitely knows his X's and O's and check him out tomorrow on the cutting room floor. So let's go ahead and take a look at my bold and bizarre predictions. You know what I love to do? I love to, you know, some of it's crazy. Some of us, we don't know if this stuff actually happened or not, but I'm not going to give myself credit for it. I'm just going to say it could have happened. Like Art Rooney, too, proving that he's a man of the black and gold people. He travels to Cleveland and challenges Browns owner Jimmy Haslam to the famed Teenage Dirtbag Challenge on Tic Tac. If you don't know what that is, there's pictures of bad haircuts, questionable clothing styles, awkward poses. I said that Haslam would win a landslide. I still maintain that that probably would have happened. I don't know if that did. Haslam would have definitely won that. You know, I will say this. man. I looked good with that mullet back in 1988. I'm going to tell you what. I sported that mullet. I see mullets coming back, and they're more dirtbag mullets. Nah, man. I had the I had the Bon Jovi-type mullet back in the day, and it was curly. So maybe it was more of a Richie Sambora one. I don't know. Since the Chiefs don't play until Sunday in Indianapolis, which they actually lost, how about that? Bougie Smith-Schuster surprises the team. With an inspirational speech, challenges the dog pound to a fight and humps a cardboard cutout of Bernie Kozar. Now well, we don't know if that happened. I like to think that it did. I'm a big fan of Bougie. Hate to see him in red and gold, but he's always welcome back. Bougie's a cool dog. Known for his chugging ability, Mitch Trubisky attempts to down a quart of milk bar and grilleds fame sandwich the Parmageddon in smoothie form. Now, I got to tell you this i hate a lot of things cleveland but i do not hate the parmageddon or at least the idea of it i've never had one it's a grilled cheese sandwich with pierogies buttery sauteed onions and slaw might be a ripoff of permane's a little bit but the parmageddon sounds tight and the other stuff on that menu look pretty good i need to go there just to go to the parmageddon As always, a change of jersey and underwear is necessary. I don't know what Mitch did beforehand. I don't know if he had a change, but that is always, like we said, a possibility. Here's this. Trubisky. I have Mitch Trubisky going 24 for 41 and 182 yards. I also have the Steelers quarterback throwing one touchdown and being intercepted twice. Now... I don't think I was that far off on that. If you go ahead and check the numbers, Mitch did not have a great day, of course, but I think we were pretty close. So let's go ahead and take a look at that box score for Mitch Trubisky, 20 of 32 for 207. So he didn't throw it as much as I thought he would. I had him going, getting 24, 182 yards. I was off by 25. So I kind of take that as a win. That wasn't that far away. Here's one that I am not very happy with, and it's not me, because my prediction should have been right. Pat Fryermuth leading the team with nine catches on the evening, including Mitch's only touchdown pass on the day. To celebrate number 88 and his fellow tight end Zach Gentry, Connor Hayward, they performed, a performed, performed a perfect, Charlie's Angels pose to commemorate the 46th anniversary of the debut of that Aaron Spelling drama classic on ABC. So, really interesting stuff, you know. Aaron Spelling had some great stuff. Charlie's Angels was one of the big one. Who did not have a Farrah Fawcett poster? I would have had one, but I was a little too young in the 70s back then to have a poster. But man, I surely would have. I had a Lonnie Anderson puzzle that they bought me and let me put it together. And she was in a bikini. Oh, that was great. Great stuff. My parents were cool, actually. But this is what ticks me off, though. Pat Fryermuth, only nine catches, is what I thought he'd have. Actually, I thought he'd have more than that. I thought they'd go to him like crazy. Finally get back to the middle of the field. They didn't even go near him. He had four targets total. He had two receptions for 41 yards. Three of those targets came. In the very last possession of the game, and they worked. I mean, he had those forty-one yards right at the end, man, on the same drive. Do that all game. That's what you need to do. Go to him more. That's what I'm talking about in the first part of the show. Ah, uh, that does that. That drives me absolutely crazy. Pat Fryermuth is a weapon. He's a gift. Go to him. My nine catches on the evening, that should have been closer to it. Could have had a touchdown too. Not Pat's fault. Pat's not throwing it to himself. No, Zach Gentry is his best friend. He used to be a quarterback. Maybe put Zach Gentry in there to to throw to Pat Fryme. That would be great. Najee Harris gains 57 yards on the ground, 36 as a receiver out of the backfield as the offensive line continues their improvement. Man, I tell you what. The offensive line, I thought it looked pretty good. I thought they looked great. Well, let's not get too crazy bad, but I thought they looked better. All right. Yards rushing for Najee Harris. I keep on, I I was so close last week. I said he'd have 46. He had 49. This week, I was even closer. Check this out. I gave Najee 57 yards on the ground. Hit 56. 3.7 average, not too bad, as the whole running game was was better, too. They just didn't have a, t- have a lot of chances to do way too much in that arena. Now, where they went to Najee a good bit, they didn't go to him too much. Only three receptions for five yards. So I was a little off there. But, hey, I'll take the victory with only one yard difference from what I thought Steelers getting three sacks on the evening despite the absence of TJ Watt Malik Reed Larry Ogunjobi and Alex Highsmith are the ones to get it done well Malik Reed did not get a sack the Steelers got two total so I was off by one Larry Ogunjobi got half of one Alex Highsmith had one and a half not too bad not too shabby gosh yeah here's where I'm wrong Minka Cam Sutton, pickoff, Jacoby Brissett, no pickoffs. In fact, no turnovers. That kills you in this game. Steelers only had one turnover, and it was at the very end of that game where they were trying the Stanford lateral. And you know who got nailed for it? Najee got nailed for it. Don't mess with Najee's stats there. I mean, you could put an asterisk next to that one. I'm, I'm not nailing him for a fumble on that. I mean, I guess you have to stat-wise, but come on. Don't nail him on that. The rushing defense cannot keep Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt from running wild, surrendering over 150 yards on the ground. They surrendered 164 yards on the ground, the Cleveland Browns. Man, I was pretty close on that one. Actually, I went a little conservative on that because usually they, they hit Pittsburgh for 200. I know they didn't do it the last year, but man, Nick Chubb's good. Steelers get four field goals from Chris Boswell and only one touchdown on the night. But unfortunately, this also marks the 18th anniversary of another ABC series. It was lost. And that's exactly what happened. Steelers go down 26-19. to I said that that's what the score is going to be, 26-19. They went down, get this, 29-17. I was just off a little bit here and there. Wow. I, I got to tell you, I've, I'm i never that close. And I was close on that one. So I'm going to take that as a victory as well. Let's go ahead and take a look at... This is what I'm most concerned with, my friends. Because when I go on the preview, I'm up against some great football minds. I consider Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield really great football minds. and so I went against them on the over under. I did not do as well as I did last week, but let's go ahead and take a look at this. Actually week one is where I did well. And I went, I went and got week one stats. So I have an updated, I, I have updated stats here. Let's look at team takeaways. 1.5. The Steelers only got one takeaway. So actually I did mess up. I think I told you earlier wow, I, I screwed up in this. And I'm actually going to give my go back and give myself credit because Minka did have that pick, right? Somebody had a pick. No, nobody had a pick. I did not screw. I, I'm thinking last week. Man, those games were so close together. So scratch that. I didn't say anything. I was right before. Um, team takeaways, 1.5. Uh, the over. I went ahead and took the over at 1 and... They, uh, the under Dave and Jeff went ahead and took the under and they got it right. They definitely got it right there. Turnovers, turnovers for the Steelers. Um, one, I went over with that. Dave and Jeff went with a push. So they get the points on that total team rushing yards. This is, man, I got, I got cracked on this one. And Dave and Jeff got it right. I took the under at 98.5. Steelers actually got 104. So when they take the over, they get it right there. Man, I I got beat here. Jeff took the under in Cleveland rushing yards. And it was 111.5 was the mark Jeff set. It was 171. I think I said 164. Actually, it was 171. So... My bad on that one. But Dave and I took the over and got it right. Sacks, one and a half. We all took the over. We were all correct. There was two red zone trips. There's only three. But Dave and I took the under. But the line was set at two and a half. Jeff just got it with that last red zone trip. I mean, by one yard. I think uh, they got down to the 19-yard line. So that had to count. The spread, I took the Browns and the Browns to cover. I was correct. Dave took the Browns, but not covering. And Jeff took the Steelers. So I'll take the point there. But if we look at it total, Dave won the week. Dave five, Jeff four, Brian three. As he took last week too. If you combine all three weeks, Jeff Hartman is leading with 12. Dave is one behind with 11. I'm there at nine. So I need to get right back in the game. But make sure you check out that show. on usually on Thursdays, it was on Tuesdays last week. Well, not on Tuesdays, on Tuesday because of the Thursday night football game. But it was definitely a fun, fun show, even though it was just a bad week for the Steelers. They play the Jets this week. They can... Make us feel a whole lot better by coming out, changing things around, and making a difference. So, Mike, don't be as stubborn. Go ahead, try to change things around, go out and beat the Jets. I'm gonna I'm already gonna give you a spoiler. I'm gonna pick them to beat the Jets this week and to get back. If they don't beat the Jets, it's gonna be a whole lot of trouble. My name's Brian Anthony Davis. This, my friends, has been bad language, and once again. I ain't apologizing for nothing.